People of a certain age know Dodge City, Kansas as the setting for the hit television western Gunsmoke, starring James Arness as the heroic marshal Matt Dillon. The series was a great success and ran for a whopping 20 seasons from 1955 to 1975. Though both the show and its characters are works of fiction, the setting, Dodge City, is a real place, one that had, in its heyday, garnered the reputation for being decidedly more violent and vicious than its TV counterpart. In fact, the expression get out of Dodge is based upon the frontier town's distinction as a haven for gamblers, gunslingers, and desperados of all kinds. Meaning to avoid a particularly nasty or aggressive situation, it goes to show how Dodge City's nefarious nature still stands within the collective consciousness and continues to enthrall to this day. What are the origins of Dodge City? What set the stage for it becoming the most notorious town in the Wild West? And did fake news cement its reputation as such? I'm Chester Sakamoto, your host, and welcome to the History Loves Company podcast, because history is shaped by all of us. The story of Dodge City begins in 1821 with the opening of the Santa Fe Trail, attributed to American soldier, politician, and literal trailblazer, William Bracknell, the trail served as an important trading and commercial route between Franklin, Missouri, and Santa Fe, New Mexico, and would be the primary lifeline between the Midwest and the Western frontier until the railroads came in the 1870s. Goods, as well as emigrants from the East Coast and Midwest, traversed the trail in what were commonly called prairie schooners, that is, covered wagons, and made their way to the relative freedom of the frontier. But the journey wasn't without its dangers. Hot summers, a scarcity of food, harsh winters, and hostile Native American tribes were all potential risk factors. Realizing the human lives that were at stake, civilians passing through the region built Fort Mann in 1847, the first non-indigenous settlement in what was then part of Mexico. Just one year later, however, it was destroyed by Native Americans during an ambush. By 1850, the U.S. Army arrived at the site to provide protection for passing travelers and constructed Fort Atkinson upon the ruins of the previous structure. Three years later, though, they abandoned it and, in 1859, were ordered to regroup at Fort Larnet to the northeast. The area around Fort Atkinson remained more or less vacant until the end of the American Civil War in 1865, at which time the so-named Indian Wars began flaring up in the region. The army was once again called to the area, where they were commissioned to construct Fort Dodge to assist nearby Fort Larned in protecting shipments and emigrants traveling overland via the Santa Fe Trail. The seeds that would become Dodge City had been planted. But the first permanent resident wouldn't arrive until six years later. In 1871, a cattle ranger by the name of Henry L. Sittler built his home in a three-room sod house at the base of a hill along the Santa Fe Trail, just five miles, eight kilometers west of Fort Dodge. His ranch, which he used to oversee his cattle, became a frequent stop for traders and buffalo hunters. This significant presence led to the official establishment of Dodge City a year later, and soon became yet another trade stop along the trail. But when the new Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe Railroad was built alongside and over the the dusty wagon train tracks, it meant exponential growth for the new town. Soon, hastily built storefronts began to pop up along what would become known as Front Street, the city's main thoroughfare. Two grocers, a few general stores, a dance hall, a blacksmith, a barber, a restaurant, and a saloon adjacent to Sittler's Ranch seemed to sprout magically from the parched and dusty soil of the Kansas prairie. The demand for buffalo pelts helped set Dodge City's industry in motion, and stacks of them could be seen along the main drag. Their stench, along with the people who skinned the buffalo, led to use of the word stinker, meaning an untoward person. 
whorehouses sprang up as well, especially popular amongst railroad workers. Employees of the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe line would use the red lanterns from their cabooses to light the way to these places of ill repute, thus giving rise to the term red light district. If you were anywhere on the frontier in those days, Dodge City was the place to be, for it boasted all the amenities and comforts of home, and then some. But its reputation as, quote, the wickedest little city in the West, unquote, would be cemented forever a year later when it experienced a particularly violent year. In the summer of 1872, the violence came to a crescendo when a motley mix of drunkards, gamblers, and outlaws descended upon the town. With no law enforcement to maintain order, these ruffians got into scraps and scuffles with the cattle drivers, herdsmen, and railroad workers who had established themselves there, leading to all manner of mayhem. Bar fights and brawls became commonplace, and shootouts occurred almost every day. The rising body count led to the need for proper burial ground, which was set aside in the form of the Boot Hill Cemetery, which can still be seen and visited in the downtown section of present-day Dodge City. In all, 18 men died from gunshot wounds between 1872 and 1873. It was the frontier town's bloodiest year. Fortunately, it would never know such a death toll ever again, but, thanks to the press, its tarnished reputation would soon emerge on the national stage. Fake news is a term with which many Americans have become familiar in the past few years, though it certainly applies to how the press handled the situation at Dodge City. Though they initially reported the facts surrounding its most violent year, they later amplified the headlines to make it seem far more dangerous than it actually was, feeding into the fear of, and adding to, the mythos surrounding the so-named Wild West, embellishing articles with generalizations about the frontier based, in part, upon accounts by the likes of Horace Greeley, Frederick Law Olmsted, and Mark Twain, the newspapers, both reputable and not, sought instead to grasp readers' attention with lurid, gory headlines meant to shock and terrify. Border pastimes, three men bored with bullets and thrown into the streets, read one. Frolics on the frontier, vigilantes amusing themselves in the southwest, 16 bodies to start a graveyard in Dodge City, read another. Though such saucy headlines sold papers by the bundle, it was not what Dodge City businessmen and entrepreneurs wanted or needed to hear. According to Robert R. Dixtra and Joanne Manfra of Smithsonian Magazine, Quote, from the town's founding, they had feared more for their pocketbooks than for their lives, unquote. With a tarnished, albeit unwarranted, reputation being sold to the masses, Dodge City's future was at stake. The town's elite, i.e. its land and business owners, knew something had to be done, and quickly. Fortunately, they were able to maintain a grasp on the situation when the General Land Office in Washington, D.C. approved their title to the town's land, and county officers, including sheriff, were elected at last. Two years later, in 1875, the Kansas state government granted the town municipal status, allowing them the authority to hire a marshal and assistant lawman as needed. With law and order finally upheld and both its citizenry and visitors kept in check, Dodge City continued to enjoy growth and prosperity. For a time, it seemed as if its stained reputation would be expunged from the historical record. But then, in 1876, two events took place that would once again put the frontier town back on the spotlight, for good and for ill. A 28-year-old former buffalo hunter named Wyatt Earp, who would later be renowned for his role in the gunfight at the O.K. Corral in Tombstone, Arizona, was appointed deputy marshal. Among the peace officers he chose to be on his force, his close friend, Bartholomew William Barclay Batmasterson, also a former buffalo hunter, saw to it that any and all potential violence was kept off the streets of Dodge City. That same year, a Swedish immigrant named Harry Gryden arrived, set up a prominent law practice, and soon began penning a series of articles for the nation's leading men's magazine at the time, the New York National Police Gazette, affectionately referred to as the Barbershop Bible, as it was often read by men before getting a shave and a haircut. 
The articles Gryden wrote told wild tales of the lawlessness and hardships of frontier life in Dodge City, once again playing up the crime and vice aspects to feed the public's burning curiosity and hunger for quote-unquote true tales from the western frontier. As to be expected, the public ate the stories up, and countless other journalists of the time took up their pens and tried to outdo one another with their own reports from the town. Though its citizenry hoped that its lurid reputation would eventually subside, such stories became a hot commodity, and, for better or for worse, helped put it on the map. In the early 20th century, with the advent of pulp magazines, which thrived on fictional tales in the science fiction, mystery, and western genres, Dodge City was often the setting for blood-curdling stories of frontier violence and gruesome crimes. Film, too, helped to promote this fascination and introduced a wider international audience to what was dubbed, quote, the wickedest little city in the West, unquote. This fascination with Dodge City has never waned, and, even now, the city's official Chamber of Commerce website proudly boasts its place and reputation in history, though it does, however, clear up any and all misconceptions. To borrow a quote from the 1962 John Ford Western film The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, this is the West, sir. When the legend becomes fact, print the legend. The case for Dodge City is one where truth is definitely stranger than fiction. After all, its reputation, which still stands today, was built upon tall tales and exaggeration in what was arguably one of the first instances of fake news in American history. Despite this, though, Dodge City continues to draw in many visitors annually, both foreign and domestic, to walk and follow in the footsteps of its supposedly sordid history. The expression, get out of Dodge, might still be in circulation, but the former frontier town continues to lure people in with the legends of its storied past. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next Thursday and every Thursday for a brand new episode of the History Loves Company podcast, because history is shaped by all of us. This is Chester Sakamoto signing off. See you next time.